Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Layer Up Day here on <laughs> Weekend Gardening. I told you it was going to get cold again, didn't I? Now, no matter where you're listening in the southeast, we are... On a bit of a roller coaster, or the bungee cord, if you prefer to think of it that way, it's going to be at my house in Zone 8 in the capital city of Mississippi. It is going to be freezing, below freezing, the next three nights. And then by Thursday, it'll be 70 degrees again. So, what does that mean for your garden? Hmm, let's talk about that today. What do you say? You're welcome to join me, and I hope that you will on the Super Talk call line, 888 Of course, the ceasefire text line is always available to you when I am here. It is 601-879-4395. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Let's see. In general, what do we need to cover up? Well, if you have something that is in a tender state that is particularly, for example, I have small radish plants and I have small pea plants in my salad table, so it's already wrapped up and covered with plastic. may not help, but I'm confident in my own way that there will be enough solar gain, enough bright sunshine this week to keep those things, for the most part, just fine. Now, let's go to the phones because, uh, you know, Somebody else wants to know something else about covering up stuff. David's in Brookhaven. Welcome in. Thank you for calling Weekend Gardening. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. What's on your mind today? Uh, our blueberry bushes are in full bloom. Do mm -hmm. I need to cover those things up tonight, tomorrow night? Well, gardeners and farmers are of two different minds. Farmers will tell you that if there's too many of them to cover, then don't worry about it. It's going to go one way or the other anyway, and the cover doesn't usually change the temperature around the flowers, but about one or two degrees. On the other hand, okay. gardeners will tell you, I've only got four bushes. I'm covering them up. <laughs> so, oh, well, so somewhere in between those two points of view, I have about six blueberry bushes that or have bloomed. I mean, there are there. Some of them are blooming now, but they they have mostly I have different ones, so they haven't all bloomed. But I'm not going to do anything for them. I, I like I said, I I did cover up my salad table that has baby radish plants and and that sort of stuff in it. But um, I, the blueberries are kind of on their own, and and I'm not. It's not because it's just because I'm not. I'm not willing to do that. I realize I might lose some blueberries, and certainly if if I had more. If I had more, if I was sure it was going to be 20 degrees for three nights, I would probably cover them up. But in Brookhaven, it's okay. not going to be that cold. It's not going to be that cold at my house. It'll be 25 for a couple of hours during the night. Uh -huh. that's, that's cold, okay. but it's not killing cold. 
Okay. All righty. Uh, that's what I needed to know. So I'm serious, though. There will be farmers that are laughing, saying, I never do that. And there are other gardeners that say, I cover mine up every year. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, it got this way last year, and, it, you know, it didn't hurt them bad last year. So. Good, good. Th- th- they're a little bit toughened. They're toughened up then. So. Okay. All right. Let me know. Thank you, David. Good to hear from you today. Appreciate that. You know, it's funny how we we do worry about this sort of thing, but at the other hand, the other end of it, for example, if I had a camellia that was about to open a beautiful flower today, I'd probably just cut the flower if it was open and showing color. I'm going to cut my daffodils that are left. I'm going to probably cut some of the spiderwort that's blooming right now at my place just because it'll be pretty inside and I have to tell you there's not going to be a whole lot of gardening, farming or anything else going on at my place for the next few days. So <laughs> that's I'll do a few there's some stuff I have to do, but I'm not going to be taking on any brand new projects. That is for true. Let's go now. Let's go to Laurel and talk with Jimmy. What's on your mind today, Jimmy? Thank you for calling. Well, good morning, Garden Mama. <clears throat> Garden Mama, I've got a. I live out in the county. It's I've got trees everywhere. Most of them's oaks, red oaks, white oaks, water oaks, and pecans. Mm-hmm. And I got two pecan trees across. Well, all my all my oak trees have got leaves on them everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's two pecan trees across the roads. Had to start putting on leaves yet. Now they're old trees. Mm-hmm. I've got two here beside my house that's about 10 years old. They're about 40 foot tall, and they got leaves all over them. This frog's <laughs> going to hurt them. You know, the, there's there are rumors and there are old wives' tales, and then there's things that we see. And you are seeing one of the great dilemmas of southern gardening, which is the pecan trees on this side of the road, because that's traditional. When they leaf out, we're we're good to go, you know for the springtime. But since you're seeing both ends of the spectrum, the chances are very, very good that it you've got newer varieties and they do sometimes tend to leaf out before the older varieties do. I don't think they're going to be hurt. I'd be very surprised if they are because pecans are so tough. And it, to one extent or another, that you know, even if a few leaves burn right now they're gonna they'll put on more leaves. I mean they they have lots of leaf production capacity. So I don't. I would not worry about it, but I would note it. And anytime anybody tells you that, anytime anybody tells me from now on that they just wait for the pecan trees to leaf out, I'm going to remind them of Jimmy and Laurel. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't plant on that side of the road now. You plant on this side. Exactly. <laughs> and sometimes that's Lord, about as much. Trees, uh, that's about as much down, science as we can you know? do. You know. Yes, sir. But but one of these trees got blown down by Katrina. Mm. Growing now, just a. Uh, 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 it just come up. <laughs> it was part of that tree. Now, it's about 10 inches round on the bottom, about 40 foot tall. And uh, it's looking good, so we're going to just wait and see. Enjoy I like it. Show, that tells us how long ago Katrina was, doesn't it? My goodness. Yeah. And it seems like a minute. But you're right. It's time for a 10-inch girth on a tree. Thank you, Jimmy. Take care now. Yes, we would all like to know exactly when everything is going to either change or do, or make weather that we like or make weather that we don't, but it doesn't always work out that way. My biggest thanks for such great hospitality, wonderful group at Buds and Blooms last Saturday. That was a blast, of course. And I believe, I believe I saw that uh, our friend, the retired Gary Bachman is speaking there today. He's doing a series of talks this year that I've seen on social media 
where he is showing you how to grow vegetables in hanging baskets, which may, of course, be one of the smartest things anybody's ever tried to promote, but simply because we've all got a place to put a basket. You may not have a farm. You may not even have a bed where you have enough sunshine to grow a tomato. But if you've got a hanging basket with the proper varieties in it, you'll find that you can do that. So my hat is off to him, and somebody needs to call and tell me what varieties he picked. We'll we'll talk about those here, too. Um, I, I, I congratulated him, of course, on his retirement, just like everybody did. But, you know, horticulture people never actually retire. We just keep on growing. That's the way that is. I have uh, I have bought some pepper plants. They're in my house. They're not outside. I, I, I was at the LSU Garden Show last Sunday in Baton Rouge, and I really enjoyed going to see what people are doing at, at garden shows these days. It's been it's different since the pandemic, of course, but I was able to pick up some uh, shishito peppers at buds and blooms and then when i got to lsu i was able to see my good friend mike from the funny farm bromeliads there were a lot of bromeliads but he's the only one that had all air plants you know i've talked about air plants here before and they were just beautiful so i I want to hear from you if you are growing those and if of course if you are growing shishito peppers we can talk about that too i am not a big bell pepper fan um, well, <clears throat> a lady doesn't say these things, but then again, uh, they make me burp, and, and I don't like that. Shishito peppers, though, are not hot. Well, take that back. One in every eight or nine is hot in, when they're green. They all get hotter when they're red, of course, because that's generally the nature of peppers, of hot peppers. So, But they're a very bright taste, and they have some of that bell pepper quality to them in that they are not hot first. So I use them in my Trinity. I know it's probably going to cause somebody else to have a headache here, but when I chop up onion and bell pepper, I don't like what the result. But when I chop up onion and shishito pepper, I do. So that's how I use that particular pepper. But it's also really good roasted in a pan. You know, there's, I think it's pretty interesting that nowadays there's a uh, a big old trend towards baking all of your dinner on a sheet tray in the oven, which is basically what we did before there were l- slow cookers. <laughs> you know, you cook something for a long time and cook it all together so then it's easier to serve and easier to clean up. But that's another place where shishito peppers really do a good job and I think better than bells in my case. I will get an orange bell pepper. I'm not saying I don't like everything, but my choice is going to be shishitos. DJ's in Summit. Oh, yeah. Well, you you just don't, you know, you don't know. You may be ahead of the game, and you may have to replant. We just don't know yet. Um, DJ's in Summit. Got three long rows of field peas coming up. Spring fever. <laughs> well, yes, but maybe not. They may do fine. Um, I have a feeling they're going to freeze, but on the other hand, if they do, take it not only as a lesson in when to plant, but also in the fact that you can till those under and give yourself a little extra nitrogen in the bed for the next round of field peas. That's a a really good idea. Sometimes our brains can surprise us. The question is really, um, what what is startle? What is surprise? What is 
gobsmacked, you know, all of these words that we use to talk about the way things don't work out as we expected. When your brain, it turns out, needs you to pay attention to something important, the researchers at MIT are telling us that you need to watch out for it because that's noradrenaline. You know what adrenaline is. This is even bigger. Um, This is the neuromodulator, which is inside of your brain. It has effects everywhere, though. What they found out is that trying to learn from surprising outcomes is a challenge to all mammals, but particularly we're, we're particularly interested in humans in that we want to understand why these things work this way. And it turns out it's all about the locus ceruleus encoding unexpected events so that you can pay attention to them so you can learn something quickly <laughs> that you need to learn quickly. I don't know. Put the brakes on the car, you know, whatever the whatever your imagination can tell you that you need to know quickly. Unlike neurotransmitters that we all, you know, we've we've talked about that before that that cell to cell they have to talk to each other, it's their wireless network, okay? But neuromodulators actually go out over bigger pieces of your brain and they have more general effects, which is why they can stimulate you to be surprised, to be gobsmacked, and at the same time to be learning something from that quickly. I really like that. We know about the other things that motivate us, um, but this is one that we they had not studied as much, and now they're, it's, of course, it's going to lead to more and more and more studies because that's what we do, but I like that. MIT is focusing in on really pieces of the brain work that we've not studied so much before. That's interesting stuff to me. Um, speaking of your brain or somebody's brain, there are I don't even know I don't even know what I think about this. Um, scientists have mapped out the insect brain. There are people who would say, we don't know that much about the human brain yet. Why are we looking at the insects? Well, obviously because we feel like there would be some bits and pieces of things we can learn. But frankly, as a horticulturist, I need to know how their brain works so I can understand when they outsmart me how they did it. Because they do sometimes. I have talked about the roses recovering beautifully from the freeze in December. I pruned them in February, and three out of the four that I was worried about are, in fact, leafing up, blooming, sitting there right there this morning with beautiful buds on them. Can't cut them yet because they they're not showing enough color for that to work, so they're probably going to get frozen. But if I could understand the white fly brain a little bit better, I know, or maybe I could have anticipated that they were going to find a home in this beautiful, leafy, kind of dense, shrubby rose. Well, I didn't figure that out. I think they must have been living in the hydrangeas, and I just never knew it because the hydrangeas had so many leaves on them and so much mulch around them that I didn't realize there had been a winter home happening there. I don't have a gardenia in that area. I don't have a hibiscus in that area. Those are two others that are favorites. I don't have any euonymus. So those are things, those are places where we tend to find white flies. These are also teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny. So I know that they are a new generation. It's not like the old ones hung around, but I'm having a, I have had a hatching. They're on the roses. 
And yes, the the products that I use that I talk about here a lot, things like spinosad and insecticidal soap, they do come in ready-to-use bottles of, of mixes of those two things, and I have used them twice now at eight-day intervals. Yesterday, I did notice that there's many, many fewer white flies, but also it's cold, so they're, they're being very quiet. I'm going to have to pay attention to that. If I just knew a little bit more about the insect brain, however, I might be able to predict what they're going to do or where they're going to live. Johns Hopkins University is reporting in Science, which of course is one of the major magazines of this particular part of the world. They they worked really, this is the first time in 50 years of research that they have found the cornerstone in the insect brain that they were looking for. That is a career, my friends. It's a career plus, okay? So I'm very happy that they finally have done this. University of Cambridge, working with Johns Hopkins University, has produced a breathtakingly detailed diagram. They never say that about anything. Scientists don't use words like breathtakingly. Well, this particular report does. This was uh, begun in the 1970s. They did get to a partial map along the way. And they did, in fact, win a Nobel Prize, which allowed them to continue the work to try and get to the point where they are now. Really amazing stuff. I love that we are now going to be able to understand, and that I'm not being silly, I'm the, the mechanism of how insects think, okay? And if I could just learn that, I would know so much more about what to do about them, how to do something about them, or maybe which ones just to ignore altogether. Hmm. We can talk about that. We can talk about which plants you're going to cover up, which ones you're not. We're going to talk about, oh, I don't know, soup recipes, chili, what all's on your mind today. This is Weekend Gardening. supply.net it's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace it's when esisupply.net exorbitant pads by the bundle or roll esisupply.net socknet boom products oil gator oil dry spill kits and much more esisupply.net 
Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden to ask you, why do we garden anyway? Are you looking for a beautiful retreat where you can get away from it all? Seeking to reduce stress? To have a home you can really enjoy and invite friends over? Lakeland Yard and Garden is ready to help with your garden paradise. In addition to being a complete nursery, greenhouse, and garden shop, Lakeland offers patio furnishings, including couches, chairs, tables, and much more. Let the professionals at Mississippi's largest garden center help you get away from it all right there in your own backyard. Why do we garden? Because we love it. We love the outdoors, and yes, we do want to get away from it all sometimes. Lakeland Yard and Garden is celebrating 43 years of serving all your garden needs. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden. Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. King's Daughters Medical Center, First South Farm Credit, JumpstartTestPrep.com, and Toyota of Brookhaven. Welcome, Morgan Wallen Live. Y'all whiskey glasses, y'all sing it with me. Glory. Sunday night, April 23rd, at Vaught Hemingway Stadium at Old Miss. For a sold out got free tickets to win. And not just any free tickets. We're talking VIP tickets to watch this once-in-a-lifetime concert in the Super Talk Suite at the stadium. We've got them, and we're giving them away. It's Morgan Wallen with special guest Mississippi's own Hardy. Keep listening for more details on how you can win VIP suite seats from Morgan Wallen, live at Ole Miss. Another fun way to win from Super Talk Mississippi. You can register to win tickets by going to Got Gear Motorsports on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. That's Got Gear Motorsports in Ridgeland. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. and doesn't hurt. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. You know, the, uh, the question is, what do we do now? Well, now we wait. And that's because the temperatures are indeed going to be colder than you wanted them to be. Not unexpectedly cold, but colder than you wanted them to be for the next several nights. You do. If you didn't get good rainfall the other day, if you have anything that's dry, it will go into... Even if it's a shrub you planted in November, it will go into a cold spell better if you have watered it than if you didn't. So that's about the only task I can consider for you today, except for as <laughs> if I have a really good opportunity today and it's not too cold on me, 
it's a really good day to cut down bamboo and <laughs> start the drying process. I, I transplanted some tulips some um, friends of ours gave us this past week. And my question to you would be, is, was that a bad idea to do it this early? or should, you know? From where to where? Well, it was... Uh, it was out at the reservoir. Were they blooming in a container? No, not at all. They, they were bulbs. bulbs with the green shoots and no bul- no blooms on them yet. And I, I went to my chart and looked at the depth, make mm-hmm. sure I had it right, and uh, you know put them down. And They'll be fine. Okay, good. I mean, deal. if they're going to bloom, they're going to bloom. Can you do that with irises as well? If I pull the the bulb up, and they're in the backyard, but in a kind of a little shadier spot, but being able to pull those up, move them, I wouldn't do it today. Not yeah. Give it a little time. Yeah, it's a little. The ground's a little wet. If it's pleasant for you and the ground's not too wet. Okay. Um, I have I have iris rhizomes in a box that I noticed sitting under the table the other day, are now starting to sprout, and I had intended they were for someone, but that didn't come to pass. So now I have irises sprouting um, in a box. But I'm not going to plant them. I will probably throw a few more leaves in there. But it's there's really not. This is this is not unexpected. It's not going to hurt trees, shrubs, things that are perennials even will not be that affected. But there are going to be some things because there are people who started a little too soon on one thing and another. <clears throat> now, the the good news is there's plenty of time to plant and replant. Oh, that's pretty. <laughs> Um, this is interesting. Rhett's got one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe seven Asiatic lilies coming up in a pot where it, the thing has multiplied. I will tell you, I have some patches in my, I, I planted Asiatic lilies two years ago in a bed and they were spaced wide apart. And now they're just about as close together as this. I don't know if you should try and dig, dig into them or not until after they bloom. I'm going to let mine go. I'd probably give them some fertilizer when we get past the cold weather because they probably will have used up everything that's in this container. But uh, I, I think the, I think they're fine. Unless you, just, unless you can tell that one of them is a separate bulb, I'm not going to go messing with that center until everybody has bloomed out. But the leaves look great, by the way. You did a, you did a good job of letting them do what they were going to do. Something else that I'm happy to tell you is um, going well right now. The Tradescantia world, the spider warts, are everywhere and the the purple and the blue and the pink and the white and all of them are blooming at my place probably at yours too i'm going to pick a few and bring them in but they'll be fine they're not going to be they won't get melted or anything that's not going to be an issue for us i have a few ideas about perennials that you may have you may have these ideas but you may not since uh the lilies and the irises and everybody like that are all perennial plants. We may as well talk about that for a bit. You might have a question or an observation. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven is the Super Talk call line. The C Spire text line is six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. I have uh, I was I was enlightened by somebody years ago who said well, you do know that not all daylilies are evergreen, don't you? Yes, I did know that. Hadn't really thought about it, but yes. Um, I, I also knew that my mother had a row of them outside of her garage, uh, outside the carport, that they parked the horse trailer on top of in the winter after the leaves had died down. So, yeah, I guess I knew that. 
I might not have known that there's some that almost are deciduous and almost are not, but when you are looking at a bed that are that where everything has lost all of its leaves, especially if you have plant signs to tell you the variety, it can look a little cemetery-esque, you know? There's no leaves, there's just these little metal signs. That's can be kind of sad. I'm more in favor of planting so that there are some things in the perennial bed that are going to be interesting in each season. That may mean that you're breaking up the perennial bed. For instance, if you just love coneflowers more than anything in the whole world and you grow six different ones, that's great. But it's like daylilies. There's going to be a point where it doesn't look so hot in that bed all by themselves because they're not going to be growing and blooming. Even if you've chosen colors that bloom over a period of time, or varieties rather that bloom over a period of time, they're still going to be part of the year when they don't. How about a couple of dwarf shrubs? in there just for interest in that time. How about a piece of statuary? You might want to consider one small tree in a container, something that's going to be, you know, limbed up and have just a little fancy head on it. I don't know, flowering cherry, flowering peach, something that's going to be pretty there and just a little bit different. You can always pick something else. Don't just feel like you have to grow everything as if it were on a farm in a row. Make sure that you are appreciating that your perennials are going to be there for a while, unless, of course, you dig them up and move them, but that they do need some company. So that's one of my favorite um, ideas. I also think that when you're going to plant perennials, I tend to be the, somebody gave me this one and somebody gave me that one, and therefore I have Autumn Joy and I have Delta Snow Flocks and I have, I even have some, there, there's some other things in there that probably shouldn't be because they're too aggressive. I have some old daylilies day in that same bed because someone gave those to me. But if you're going to do it intentionally, and I really do think you should, pick a color, any color. Carry it through the year. It might be your favorite color. It might be the color that, frankly, it's, for example, if purple coneflowers are your thing, Add purple salvia for later in the summer. Add, you know what I mean? Add some things that are going to give your, you that color without depending on that one perennial for the whole season. So that's just a couple of ideas. As we are putting perennial beds together, I have flocks in two places in, in the new bed. I have some little stachys, um, some lamb's ears, rather. And then I've also got some other things that are sitting there staring at me saying, so where are you going to plant me? I seem to always have too many spireas for the space, so I'm going to figure that one out in the next week or so. I kept thinking that it was going to die, but it, it didn't. <laughs> so, is that good or bad? We all think we all have plants that we um, we we really do look at that and wonder about it. All right, now April 15th, I will be at the Greenwood Marketplace. And I really, really look forward to that. It's always a lot of fun, a good, good time. I hope you'll make your plans and join me there. The, I think this particular year, I, can, I can, can't guarantee anything, but I can guarantee you that April 15th will be plenty warm. <laughs> I'll say that, and then it'll be snow or something, but it won't. It's not going to do that. I hope that if you are looking at your compost pile this week, and thinking about turning it, that you do that. I know it's hard to imagine doing that in colder weather, but as I said, by Thursday it's going to be 70 degrees at my house again, and all of these tasks are going to need to be handled. 
turning the compost at this point in the year, turning the leaf pile at this time of the year, makes all the difference in the world in promoting its natural decomposition, which is what we're trying to get it to do. We're not trying to get those leaves to sit there for the rest of the year. We want them to become something that we can work into a new bed or use as mulch or in in some fashion or another, maybe mix up a container soil using them. But you got to get them at least halfway rotted before you can do that. When you put leaves in a pile, they're, let's face it, they're brown. You might have a few green things that stuck in there, but for the most part, it's a pile of, say, brown oak leaves. Well, what do you do with that? You don't do anything except let it sit there and turn it a couple of times during the winter. That, in turn, puts oxygen in it. That, in turn, speeds up the process of decomposition. Yes, you can add a little bit of fertilizer to to keep it going faster and harder if you want to, but it's not necessary. It's going to go on its own. And particularly with things like oak leaves, you will notice that soon they turn, turn very, very dark. And then after that, they begin to get more broken up. You can't quite tell what was there. Once you get to the point where you really can't tell what's there, that's at the that's the point where you crumble all this mess up and then put it in through a, a screen or something and sift it and you end up with some of the finest compost, some of the finest soil builder that you will ever have. But I like it as leaf mold when it's about halfway decomposed and I can work it in around trees and shrubs that, you know, maybe the soil's washed away from them a little bit or Maybe I haven't fertilized them in a few years. I got something like that. Maybe it's the things that I've just cut back this year because I'm trying to control that area. Those are all great places for leaf mold. Hey, Lance. <laughs> hey, I have another question for sure. you. Is when you're dealing with, say, a live oak tree, which is the, obviously the smaller, more dense, you know, densely populated leaves, versus like a red oak or a white oak, the larger leaver, is there a better type for mulch creation if you have both? You know, the live oak types or the red and white, uh, do those, is there something that would be better? No, I think really? a blend of them is better than any single one. Um, red, My red oaks are classic. They drop leaves today, yesterday, tomorrow, next week, last month. I mean, they just, they drop leaves. Live oaks tend to drop more in a patch, but it's right as they're pushing new new growth out. White oaks, water oaks. They'll drop their leaves on the days, the same days that you're having the acorn shower, you know, in, in October, November. So if you have a combination of oak trees, you're going to end up with different leaves at different times. And I think the combination of them is, bit, is really better than any one by itself. If you have really, 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 really lots and lots and lots, yes, I can see investing in a, a grinder or a shredder or something like that. But you didn't hear me say this. A large plastic garbage can, a pair of safety glasses on you, and a string trimmer will cut those things into little tiny pieces <laughs> like a big blender, and that will compost even quicker. So if you're, if you're using a compost, I have compost bins as well as piles, lots of leaves at my place. And so the, the green stuff tends to go into the bins with some of the leaves that have already been chopped up. So that's... Now, I will tell you that right now, you would not want to see it because you you'd laugh at me. Well, actually, you'd want to see it, but I might not want you to see it. Right now, it has all of the um, – everything's coming up in the compost is how I should put this. Things that, things that have not composted have decided to sprout because the weather was so warm. So that's another reason for turning the compost a little bit more often perhaps than I do is to give it a chance to go ahead and get 
into a decomposition mode. I do like to put in coffee grounds and, yes, paper filters. Um, I do not choose to put, you know, cat litter and that sort of stuff into my compost. If you want to argue with me about that, I'll be happy to. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer that everything can be composted that is organic, but it takes temperatures and time and concentration that I don't have to do things like animal manures. Okay? Okay. Oh, my goodness. There's taters coming up. Hello, John. <laughs> That's great. Wow. Plant some peas and okra. I like that. Later, not now. Right now it's potatoes. I'm staring at uh, have sprouted potatoes I discovered at my house, but I'm not going to plant them. It's too late. What? That's right. It's too late. 33 will be the forecasted low on the coast. Papa D says, we froze last year. <laughs> 33 is cold, not freezing. But, um, you know, we we talk about whether or not, how, how, how far it's going to drop. A lot has to do with your individual microclimate, the exposure of your garden, the, the parts of your area that are windiest, you know, all of those things contribute directly because a few degrees does make a difference does make a difference well i don't think too many people are visiting yellowstone right now because well let's face it it's really cold there but an interval of thumps if you've ever been at the doublet pool um you mean you'll know what i'm talking about it, it's it, it's yellowstone's thumping thermometer i just love this you know it's true it's more than just an interesting tourist attraction. It's the thing that you see. It, bul it pulses like a heartbeat. But what we understand now is that the interval reflects the amount of energy heating at the bottom of the pool. So it is related exactly to the temperature in Yellowstone. How about that? <laughs> more to come. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Turn the radio on. Turn the radio on. Turn the radio on. Turn your radio on. Heaven's glory, share glory, share. Turn the lights down low. Turn your lights down low. Listen to the master's radio. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Call toll-free. Welcome back. We're talking to Bob and his wife about doghouse living. Well, it's okay. Our doghouse is a double wide and two stories at that. Wow. An alternative for today's high-priced homes. Really? Try having your feet hang out all winter. Yeah, it's challenging. Folks, stay out of the doghouse by calling 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. Then you're going to think the deals and selection we have at Mazda of Jackson are insane. 
Right now, we're saving you thousands of dollars in finance charges by giving you 0% financing on a great selection of Mazdas. That's right. Get 0% financing on new 2023 Mazda CX-9s. And get 0% financing on new 2023 Mazda CX-5s. Plus, when you buy a new Mazda from Mazda of Jackson, we'll take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. That's what I call a slam dunk. MazdaofJackson.com. Buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile warranty. We'll buy your current vehicle at top dollar, even if you don't buy a new one from us. At Mazda of Jackson, credit issues are a thing of the past because our credit specialist's number one goal is to get you approved. So get here today to grab your deal because it's complete mayhem and it won't last long. Three, two, one. At Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MazdaofJackson.com. With Brook Credit, like model. See deal for details. Be honest. If you had to choose between your phone or your boyfriend, which would you give up? Okay. Now that he's gone, start using your phone to pay at checkout instead of swiping. With the Citizens Bank's new mobile pay, add your debit card to your phone's mobile wallet and pay with a touch. Who knew your phone was great with money? You made the right choice. Start using mobile pay from the Citizens Bank today. In your corner, member FDIC. The Lauren Rogers Museum of Art in Laurel, Mississippi presents Dale Chihuly's Laguna Murano Chandelier, considered by most to be Chihuly's most important glass sculptural work. Comprised of almost 1,000 pieces of glass, the incredible installation celebrates the art form which has its roots in Venice, Italy. The exhibition is on view at the Lauren Rogers Museum of Art, located in historic downtown Laurel through April 8th as part of the museum's centennial celebration in 2023. As always, admission is free. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a black label bridge builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the black label bridge builders. I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. I'm here to tell you that springtime is the best time to buy a new X-Barn zero-turn mower. With unmatched quality of cut, ease of operation, and low maintenance, it's no wonder why x is the number one choice of landscape professionals. With sizes starting at 42 inches and 0% financing available, we have an x zero-turn for all size lawns. Come by my store and see why Frederick's has been leading the way and serving you for 30 years since 1993. the best questions coming in on the text line today jackie from brandon says what is the white stuff um on the ground after you remove pine straw and leaves from the beds she she said she thought i talked about it and yes indeed i did um am i supposed to remove that you're supposed to take it with you with the old pine straw yes that's mycelium that's the natural process of rot but what happens when it's a cue for you not only is it there but it will also show you that the pine straw itself is is getting old and turning darker 
And what happens when it turns darker, it doesn't actually decompose very quickly the, relative to leaves. It, it decomposes slowly, grows the mycelium in it, and essentially what happens is that that whole mat of stuff gets the rainfall and gets whatever water you're putting out rather than the soil and the roots of your plants that you're trying to, to keep mulched. So that's another reason for taking the pine straw out, besides the fact that it gets flat and doesn't look that great. It, it's, uh, it's, it's not working anymore. It's not doing its job. So yes, you can take that out. And what exactly is leaf mold? Leaf mold is the point on the spectrum of compost. If you start with fresh leaves that, you've, that are brown, that you've just raked up in one, on one end of the spectrum, and the other end is what the stuff looks like when it comes out of a bag called compost or out of your compost bin after about six months, about in the middle, things are dark, the material, the leaves are no longer their same color. Most of them will still have a little bit of leaf shape to them, but they have begun to get decomposed into a thicker mass. In other words, it's not just individual leaves floating around in your pile. They'll, they get to where they cling together because they've begun to rot together. And that's what leaf mold is. It's dark. It's, you can still pick out some individual shapes of leaves, but you're looking at a material that's m coarser than compost, but not as loose as leaves that haven't decomposed yet. I like it. <laughs> I, I like leaf mold a lot. It, do, it, it works well, and frankly, it helps, helps a lot of stuff. That is one handsome dog. My goodness. My goodness. You were really... You were painting some beautiful stuff today, John. That's wonderful. And the depth on the nose, and you know, it, that's something that's like so I, hard to I do. I can't remember the the uh, artist that was so good. It's American Southwestern artist that's so good at painting the hands, and it's mostly Native American art. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. But it's a uh, you know, uh, it's something. But that that reminds me of seeing that with the depth of the nose is so well that uh, that so John hard. is. He's so good at it. He's just brilliant. We're, we're fortunate to be um, in his loop and have a chance to see things we wouldn't get to see otherwise. There's uh, an update from the coast. Now the lowest forecast to be 32 at Papa D's house. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it will do that. The weatherman says. The weatherman 32. says. Um, I like that. That's Rhino's new new line, I think. That, wasn't that Woody? It was Woody Asaph. That's right. I grew up on Woody. Yeah. Woody Asaph, um, delightful, wonderful human being that he was, was not a meteorologist and never claimed to be one. He would tell you that the weatherman said this or that or the other thing. And that's that's he, he was getting his info from the meteorologist, but he was a broadcaster to be very clear about these things. That's why those people have to say, I'm not a doctor and I do not play one on TV. <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. Um, I, I have have great fondness for Mr. Asaph. My, my childhood was not spent in Jackson, but I was the beneficiary of very, very early cable television in my town of Monroe, Louisiana. And yes, we got Jackson and we got Treeport. We were hot. <laughs> we had late movies from two different directions. <laughs> it's amazing that you know there's such a uh, consistency with the local broadcasting. Uh, I grew up in the same neighborhood. Maggie Wade uh, moved in, and uh, around Burt Case. I mean, they were around forever. Woody mm -hmm, Asaph, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's just such a crew. And you got Barbie, and uh, and then Marsha Thompson. I grew up with in the same neighborhood with her. But there's so many here in Jackson that have been here and have made this their home and have stayed and never left. But once it's really exciting to watch any media market um, has people that 
come through on their way somewhere else, and they have other people that, that it, it, the any media market has other people that become fixtures in the community. And, you know, I'm, I'm a Maggie Wade, Barbie Bassett fan myself. But I got to tell you, we got some new cuties, too, now. These grown women are being joined by some other folks that are equally wonderful. I'm not going to call them out, Kayla. You know who you are. But the, the, the question of who do you watch and why do you watch them does come down to that you may have grown up with her, or you may have seen him at church, or you may have it's it's that sort of thing. It's fun stuff. Why do we? Why does anybody still watch local? Because you can get everything in your hand on your telephone. Well, because we still like to hear the local perspective. And some of y'all who don't don't know what the temperature is. <laughs> so, there's that too. Oh my goodness. I was so tickled. Um, this week's newsletter has gathered a little bit of ener- ener- energy over the night. It goes out on Friday, and I already had four or five people asking me about New Stone Age pottery. I said the tops in the news today was going to be New Stone Age pottery. What does it tell us about our ancestors' horticulture? I'm like, what? What are you talking about? What in, in fact, what is New Stone Age? Well, New Stone Age is Neolithic. So when you see all of those, Paleolithic is before Neolithic in, in terms of the way that, that things are, or time frames are made for our humanity, okay? And in the fact, New Age stone pottery is, is, ten, is if you think of Raquel Welch and the, the movie poster, that's, that's Neolithic, okay? That's the New Stone Age. That's not the ancient Stone Age. It's a New Stone Age. But what we've learned this week from studies at the University of York, (laughs) in late Neolithic Poland, that is to say, New Stone Age Poland, okay, early farmers there reduced the lactose content in milk by making it into cheese. One of the things that we know about our ancestors at that level is that they were not lactose friendly. They were lactose intolerant, which is what gives so many people the point of view that says cow's milk or goat's milk is for little goats and little cows, not for little people. And that's, I understand that, but I'm not going to give up my cheese if I don't have to because it's so delicious. And this tells us that 10,000 years ago, they were trying to figure out a way to get some dairy in their diets then too. Okay? What they, how did they get, to, how did they even do this? By looking at the ceramic pottery, of course. And what's left? Well, what's left is the traces of the cheese-making process, the bacteriums, and, and they can actually tell whether it was yogurt or whether it was cows or sheep or goats. Um, the, the, until the late Bronze Age, when the genetic mutation for lactose tolerance became widespread in humans, we were not the fir- we didn't have ice cream stands. We were not the first people to go out for some cheese whiz. Okay, we were we, we didn't understand all that. But when they began to make actual cheese, that's when everybody started going. Oh, okay, let's see about this. They used a multi-stranded approach to investigate the ceramics themselves and also the deposits on their surfaces, and that's how they unthreaded this particular needle. Um, this is right up there with my. Human beings are so interesting. Human beings are fascinating every day, every day, every day. Not just to me, but to everybody. In this case, 
that this list of people that decided to make cheese out of milk goes right up there with who decided to put those olives in the brine and who decided to crack open the first oyster and eat it. Okay, I mean, we thought we see other animals do these things, but when did we decide? Hmm, because we're too clever and we don't want to be left out of anything. All right, now say good morning to Van. This is weekend gardening. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, and now edge sheds. 8x12 utilities to 16x40 cabins and garages available. Set to be wired, painted, and finished out if need be. Setup and delivery is free and financing is available. Your new go-to for edge sheds is Pinnacle Motors. Off Highway 471, the corner of Baker Lane and Vine Street in Brandon. Online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. That's PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Your next garage, utility, building, or cabin is at Pinnacle Motors. We'll see you soon. Hey, Pearl, Mississippi, it's Big Pop, inviting you to Mississippi's biggest and best gun shows. Big Pop Gun Shows will be at the Clyde Muse Center, March 18th and 19th in Pearl, Mississippi, at 515 Country Place Parkway. Saturday hours, 9 to 5, Sunday hours, 10 to 5. Adult admission, $8. Kids, 6 to 11, only $2. Buying, selling, and trading gun appraisals, over 200 tables of merchandise to see. The largest vendors around. Grab your dollar off coupon now at BigPopGunShows.com. All federal, state, and local laws must apply. Y'all come, let's have a great weekend at the gun show. Big Pop Gun you're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com. It's Alyssa Arbuckle, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The Silicon Valley bank collapse has raised concerns about the country's economic health. But Dr. Ken Syrie, the dean of the School of Business Administration at the University of Mississippi, says the collapse was the result of bad management. There's a lot of stupid going on here. And, you know, I would actually expect most of my undergraduate students would not do what Silicon Valley Bank did. Uh, they, they really made some critical errors that were pretty basic to banking. These situations typically result in new regulations. And Syrie says that often causes more problems than the solution. The best thing they could do is to let the people that had money in that bank over $250,000 absorb the loss. The shareholders are already wiped out. Make sure the large depositors get a hit, too. If you don't, then all of a sudden the incentive is to not worry about it and just put your money in because the government or the FDIC 
thunder, whatever will bail you out. We have one voice, the voice of agriculture. We have one job, growing the products you need every day. We have one mission, fighting for agriculture and rural Mississippi. We have you in mind, caring for your private property rights. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. You know that nowadays more people are cutting the cord, ditching traditional cable and satellite television, and instead just streaming everything. With Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's over-the-top advertising, you can get your business seen on streaming TV. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted team can show you how your ad dollars can go further to reach a more targeted audience. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. For the first time in history, we have a state fruit. The idea for a bill that would make the blueberry Mississippi's official state fruit actually began in a fourth grade classroom. Honestly, it was a child talking out of turn. We happened to read an article about a group of kids in Kansas who convinced their legislators to adopt the sandhill plum as their state fruit. Lisa Parento, who teaches at Mansdale Upper Elementary, told us further research led them to discover that Mississippi didn't have a state fruit. With the ball already rolling, she contacted Representative Jill Ford. I emailed her with my class watching on the screen and, you know, not really expecting anything to come of it. And it wasn't two hours later she had emailed me back and was wanting to come talk to my class and um, help them get a bill written. And so from there, I mean, she just carried us under her wing, mentored us, and has gotten us to this point. Governor Tate Reeves signed that bill into law Monday. With Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Friday saw conference baseball action get underway in the Southeastern Conference. Vanderbilt shut out Ole Miss 8 to nothing to improve to 15-5, 2-0 in the conference. Rebels fall to 14-5, 0-2 in the conference. They'll wrap up the series today. 1 o'clock first pitch, 12-30 airtime on the Ole Miss Baseball Network. Kentucky went to 10 innings and beat Mississippi State 6-5 to to improve to 16-2, 1-0 in the conference. Bulldogs fall to 13-6, 0-1 in the conference. They'll play again today at 1 o'clock, 12-30 airtime on the MSU Baseball Network, and they'll play again on Sunday. Southern Miss got a win in their first Sunbelt Conference game against Texas State, 4-2. The Eagles are 12-5, 1-0 in the Sunbelt Conference. They'll play again today at 2-30 and again on Sunday at 1 o'clock. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. of Mississippi. It's time you get the benefits you deserve. If you're eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid, there's a local health plan just for you. Shared Health Dual Plus, a dual eligible special needs plan with more benefits like a $2,500 yearly allowance for over-the-counter items and groceries, a $600 yearly allowance for utility bills, a $5,000 yearly allowance for dental care, and shared rewards. All accessed on one easy-to-use card, plus more. 
more. Call 855-413-8769, TTY711, or visit SharedHealthMS.com. Paid Active Portrayal. Shared Health Dual Plus is an HMO DSNP plan with a Medicare contract and a contract with the Mississippi Division of Medicaid. Enrollment in Shared Health Dual Plus depends on contract renewal. Shared Health Mississippi, Inc. does not discriminate on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, age, or disability in its health programs and activities. Benefit limits and exclusions may apply. Check the plan's evidence of coverage or details or give us a call. NCAA women's basketball action saw Mississippi State leading 47-37 at halftime over Creighton last night. And the Lady Bulldogs never let up, went on to an 81-66 win, and they will meet Notre Dame on Sunday, the time yet to be determined. Notre Dame beats Southern Utah 82-56. Ole Miss was playing Gonzaga late last night, and they'll take on Stanford on Sunday if they win that game. Other scores in women's basketball, South Carolina beat Norfolk 72-40. The Lady Tigers of LSU a winner over Hawaii 73-50. Upset in the men's basketball tournament as number one Purdue fell to Farley Dickinson 63-58. Farley Dickinson will take on the winner of Memphis and Florida Atlantic. Kentucky was the winner yesterday 61-53. Alabama will play Maryland today and Tennessee will play also against Duke. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. It's maple syrup Saturday. In case you needed a, something to celebrate or a good reason to, I don't know, make waffles, um, whatever. Yesterday was both um, St. Patrick's Day but also St. Gertrude's Day. And, and, of course, we celebrate St. Patrick's Day for a long time. We should celebrate St. Gertrude every day because she was the patron saint of cats. Now, for those of you who don't like cats, I'm glad you don't have any mice and don't need any because, you know, they, they'll take care of that problem, too. But there's an awful lot to be said for having pets. There's a lot to be said for having pets that know when to come inside from the cold. And in my house, the cats know pretty well when to come inside from the cold. They have been draped all over everything for the last oh, few hours <laughs> since the rain yesterday. It's so, it's so yes. funny that you mentioned two things that I, in the last uh, 24, 48 hours, uh, the first one was the waffles and the maple syrup. I, I ran up to uh, the, the grocery store last night to get some Eggo waffles and some Mrs. Butterworth. So, I mean, <laughs> did that last night specifically, specifically. in some Milo's sweet tea. And then uh, I made a call a couple of days ago to a trophy shop out in Brandon, and the lady answered the phone, and she was so sweet. And I told her, I said, look, I have a I have an orange tabby, and he's been on a tear killing mice and so i'd like to get a trophy for him <laughs> and put sunshine mouse killer and so we laughed i said do you happen to have like a little mouse or something and she said no i got a cup and you could like get a little rubber mouse and put it and she called me yesterday and said hey it's ready to go and uh, and i so I'm, i have the a, things we learn about yeah, land yeah so i have a trophy i'm giving one of my cats monday so That's it's going to be a ceremony the, the presentation the entire ceremony will be streamed live no 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 that's it's too funny but that's it's the truth we do want to re, re, we do want them to understand we have high regard for them um my my cats 
know that when the attic stairs are open, it's time to go to work. If there's anybody up there to be bothered, they, they need to go bother them. <laughs> and they're pretty good at it, I have to say. Yesterday was also International Nap Day, for some reason or another. Um, as far as I'm concerned, every every day should be International Nap Day. But But those are the ones that somehow slip by you if you, you may have been napping you may have not you may have not noticed but today being uh maple syrup day it it's also something that i i, I hesitate to say but it today is national forgive mom and dad day this is the opposite of go to therapy and figure out which parent messed you up this is this is the opposite of that um, this the, i don't know exactly what i have to forgive them for um maybe making me think I could do anything I don't know my parents were pretty pretty spiffy not everybody's are though and if it has been an issue for you if you have really anyone in your life you don't forgive people for them you forgive people for you so that you can have a positive attitude and an opportunity to go forth into the day into the world without that burden because that that's why we forgive we don't forgive for the benefit of the people that we're forgiving we forgive for the benefit of ourselves they just happen to get the, the lanyap of it because we're no longer perhaps, oh, I don't know, cursing them every time we see them or think of them or whatever you might be doing. Um, I have I have a couple of people in, that I've known in my life, not my parents, but a couple of people that I do not think well of. And I, I work a lot. I work very hard in, in my own way to learn forgiveness for those. I hope you do, too. Now, the easy part is to forgive yourself for gardening mistakes, because we all make those. For example, on the text line this morning from Bill and Lisa in Poplarville, I have two new plums and one new pear tree that are still in pots. Should I move them inside with the freeze coming? Yes, if you can do that just for that, the, the, just for the nighttime. Just you don't want them to get, you don't want them to get exposed to such cold weather that they knock off every leaf or freeze their tips. So I would say the garage, you don't need to bring them in the living room. They're not going to be happy about that, and you're not either. But if you can put them under some protection, sure, I would do that. In most cases at a garden center, for example, you can't do that, but a lot of times you'll see them drop a curtain just to keep the worst of it off of a new selection of shrubs or trees or something like that. That's not a problem. No problem at all. From the Garden Mama Facebook group, this is the part where I answer questions from people who won't put pictures up. They've gotten to where they know they know that I'm going to answer them here. So it's another way to send questions to Weekend Gardening. Um, Kevin asks about, has anybody grown three sisters? That is, of course, corn, beans, and squash. And, and is that a, yes, we do that, and it's absolutely a real thing. Now, I will tell you that using the teepee for the beans um, and, try, and growing the squash underneath it and, or using the corn stalks to grow the beans on, all those things are, are pieces of this particular puzzle. But growing those three things does happen in the springtime. The only caveat that I have for that is that we want to make sure that all of this gets planted before tomatoes, eggplants, and peppers, because these are things that are going to make for you and be ready to eat, should be ready to eat in May. Um, whereas, in, in let's say let's say May, if you're in Gulfport, it'll be a little sooner. If you're in Memphis, it'll be a little later. Okay, but you're looking for that before the summer crops begin to make, and I think that's important to know. Oscar wants to know if Lady Banks will climb. A uh, no, Lady Banks has to be tied up. When you see roses, when you see climbing roses 
you're, you, they should always have air quotes around the climbing part because very few of them are actually twiners. Very few, if any of them, um, have any tendrils that reach out and grab something the way true vines do. But because they have such long canes, they can easily be guided upwards. And that's what that's what everybody's talking about when they talk about putting up putting lady banks on a trellis. It's not it's to be she's to be tied to the front of it, not with wire. And she's also to be pruned after flowering, not before. Yep, that's a little different from some of our roses. I know that. For those of you who have roses and and have never even considered doing anything else except winding them through the lattice, you'd get more flowers if you didn't do that. (laughs) Kathy wants to know if um, a cover crop seeds like like, uh, little pea shoots or broccoli or something like that can be used as a cover crop. Absolutely. If you're not planning to plant anything for six weeks, you can sow any kind of seed out there. When it gets to be three inches tall, turn it under, which is what our our our, our texture in the previous hour, our friend said he, he maybe a little early put out his field peas and they've already sprouted. Well, the good news is if they do get frozen, you've got plenty of organic matter to turn under into the soil. And that's what a cover crop is anyway. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Chris is in Meridian this morning. What is the best way to cover plants tonight with the freeze coming? Well, it depends on the plant, of course. Um, I'm I'm in favor of moving things into less exposed areas first. I'm in favor of putting things behind baffles whenever possible. If you happen to have, say, six bales of pine straw that you haven't done anything with or a few bales of hay, between but you put those up and put your plants that you're worried about that are in containers um, up next to your house or you surround plants that are outside with something that's going to break the wind from getting onto them that also will help to break the temperatures you certainly water everything and if you have if, if you've never driven down the street where everybody's got their bed sheets out on top of the shrubs then you just haven't been in the south very long because that we also use things like bed sheets because we want whatever that is to 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 go ahead and bloom it may have buds on it it may i'm i'm even i may cover up no i'm not i shouldn't say that you may choose to cover up roses that are in bud i'm not going to do it i can tell you that i just won't um and if they freeze they freeze they'll, they'll bake more buds but that's me. That's not necessarily you. For example, you may be having a party next Wednesday and you need all these flowers. So you may want to cover them up. If you can cover up young things, for example, with a bigger pot, that works. You can put bed sheets over them. You can put baffles up next to them. It, it's really all you're trying to do really is make sure that the plants are well hydrated and that, that they you do something that will allow something else over them to freeze or get the wind rather than them. Is that Does that work? Does that make sense? I think that's – a lot of people are just right now going, oh, I know you are. That's that's why gardening is a gamble. Hey, you got a little work to do today. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't, but maybe. I, I'm telling you, I've got the salad table wrapped up. I have a few other things that are tucked away, you know, that that are in, in a protected area. And I do use, I have, have every intention of um, using the clothes dryer so that when the vent opens up, it will shoot out around the plants that are next to it out in the courtyard. But that's all real minimal stuff. That's It's only going to be a few hours. I don't want anybody to panic. Okay? Okay. Oh, my goodness. 
What a busy, busy day this has been. I appreciate that so much. There's a lot going on in the world, and gardening is a big, big chunk of it, fortunately for us. Did you know that we now have a state fruit? Did you know that we now are, our fruit is the blueberry? You probably could have guessed that, but I'm happy to say that that actually has come to pass. Um, <laughs> we also now have Nate, April is Native Plant Month. We have that as well. So... If you if think the legislature doesn't do anything you like, you probably like those two things. Now, why would we need a state fruit? Well, a few reasons. First of all, it lets us recognize our farmers and the, the amazing job that they have done in the last, say, 20 years to bring blueberries really to the top of the list of things that we are known for. It also, though, gives us an opportunity for more blueberry festivals. Now we have more opportunities to celebrate. So let's... Are you making blueberry crumble? Are you making um, blueberry milkshakes? Are you making blueberry ice cream? Or what are you making with your blueberries? You know, we need to start some recipes. We need to have the best book of recipes in the world for them because now it's our state fruit. Okay? Okay. We do have a state flower, yes. We also have a state insect. <laughs> and we have a state bird. So if you don't know these things, you may have a little uh, googling to do today. <laughs> I can't be. I can't tell you everything. Well, how did your trip to Brookhaven and Buds and Blooms go? Wonderful, last wonderful, week? I know wonderful. You were looking forward we had to so that. much fun. They're so terrific. Um, everybody's so sweet. We had a really good time. The garden center is beautiful. Any day of the week that you can get yourself to Buds and Blooms, you should do that because it's frankly worth the time and and just bring your truck because you're going to want to take lots of stuff home with you um highway 55 highway 550 i think that's where that is but anyway brookhaven exit go out that way and over to wesson it's really really a beautiful garden center and the the thing about the thing that's probably the best about it is that everybody there gives more than just a darn (laughs) they actually care about what they're doing and they they care about you and they care about making sure that your plants are the ones that you're looking for and you want so you can't beat that well and i learned something the other day the next time you go that way you may want to come back through lorman there's a a, if you like fried chicken the guy over there papa d's uh made the uh national best fried chicken i think he's got the best fried chicken in mississippi and i've never been over there but i think i'm gonna have to make a detour Mm -hmm. go to buds and blooms and take the long way back will we be able to afford the chicken now that that it has made the top of the list the prices are like 1985 (laughs) prices so i'm definitely making it not for long hurry up It's really funny. Um, we, we talk about fried chicken, and I, kind of what you came up on is what you really like a lot of times with that. Or if you didn't like Mama's fried chicken, you may not ever like fried chicken, but eventually you're going to find some if, if you have a, an opportunity that you're going to enjoy. Um, and I'm happy to say that amazing fried chicken ability, ability to fry chicken properly has skipped my generation and gone directly to my son. So it makes it even better. <laughs> I don't have to do it. <laughs> and my mamma was the fry, and she could fry it. And as she got older, there was a little place in McGee called Strutter's 
and she'd go get a bucket of chicken there and it was close but it, it wasn't mm-hmm. the same but i grew up on a uh, farming side of the family that cooked and had everything and it, and the, the fried chicken was definitely uh the talk of the town but like i said as she got older she realized it wasn't something she could keep up with and then moved on and just bought it my grandmother fried chicken almost every week my grandmother also butchered chicken that did all that stuff in her lifetime but i have to tell you that when the KFC opened up, my mother was very happy about that bucket being down down the road. <laughs> she wouldn't want me to say that, probably, but she never acted like it was hers because it tasted like KFC. But um, it was it was a case where I think my grandmother got to be about eighty before she stopped frying chicken. <laughs> so we all have to make other choices at some point. There are not that many really interesting plants in this world that that can get your attention any quicker than a shrub that has been badly pruned um i i took a picture last week i haven't haven't posted it anywhere yet because it makes me too sad but i have seen too many places where we have come in and sheared off our evergreens and it's there's nothing but sticks and then there's a few leaves on the top and a few leaves on the side but where they've come along next to the sidewalk to get the shrubs cut back to where they can you know you can walk there it's actually naked it's just sticks now hopefully those things are going to leaf out again but what i have noticed is that unless we are leaving some green for the photosynthesis to happen we may be finding out that we're going to end up with just sticks Call me Don Quixote, okay, because I'm I'm known for tilting at windmills when it comes to pruning. I like a natural shape. And if you do this to azaleas or to boxwoods or to soft-tip hollies or to, I don't care, anything, it, gardenias, if you start shearing them off into rectangular shapes or squares, cubes, you know, that, all that kind of pruning – you have to be really careful not only when you do it, but also the effect on the shrub. Because that constant pruning on one side like that is what creates the condition I'm describing where we then take the leaves off one year and it's, there's nothing in there. All the leaves have been forced to the top. There's no light coming into the base of the shrub. And frankly, it's, it's been absolutely stunted by the act of over pruning. You'll see sometimes on those... I think of them as uh, as schoolyard plants, but but they're not necessarily. Some of them are in very fancy residences. <laughs> we, you'll have a small shrub with a six-inch caliper base on it, and it's no more than two and a half feet tall because it's been cut off every month of it. I mean, every year of its life. Well, if we could just do a little bit of shaping instead of a lot of chopping, the plants would do better, and they'd certainly look better. Good grief. Think about it. When you go to prune, think of your mama, your garden mama, that is. This is Weekend Gardening. With darkness all about, you want the screen to shut. Carry on, carry on. Don't cry, baby. Look at where you've been. On your knees, carry on, carry on. Your head is full of doubt, you can't figure it out. Carry on. 
Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. Do you ever feel like you are in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators assure you will always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today. I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. I'm here to tell you that springtime is the best time to buy a new X-Barn zero-turn mower. With unmatched quality of cut, ease of operation, and low maintenance, it's no wonder why x is the number one choice of landscape professionals. With sizes starting at 42 inches and 0% financing available, we have an x zero-turn for all size lawns. Come by my store and see why Frederick's has been leading the way and serving you for 30 years since 1993. Bob Boyd Honda is the place in Mississippi for Honda Certified Pre-Owned. Honda True Certified Plus guarantees you get all the benefits of joining the Honda family. Thanks to our extensive warranty, every Honda Certified Pre-Owned vehicle comes with peace of mind. And a thorough multi-point inspection with a downloadable vehicle report from Honda. So you see what we see. Find us online at BobWaitHonda.com. Or swing by and let's get you a deal. deal. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. If you're about to start a project or remodel with wood, you need to think Miller Lumber in Richland. Since 1953, we've built a solid reputation of supplying quality wood at a lower price, like Western Red Cedar and Cypress Lumber, as well as a wide variety of patterns in pine, cedar, and cypress. Shop Miller Lumber for the best price new pine flooring and treated lumber in town. Miller Lumber, 551 Old Highway 49 South in Richland. Visit MillerLumberSales.com, 601-936-7099. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> Ream. The new degree of comfort. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomininatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. Go 
I made the remark that uh, I want my own AI. Everybody's talking about essays or term papers or any this and that and the other thing that can be presumably faked, except that, trust me, teachers are smarter. They'll be able to read that stuff in about a minute and figure out if you're the AI or if you're the person. Not to say you can't research that way, but you can't write that way when you're producing a paper. We can talk about why and all that at another point, but in I, I want my own AI. I want all my stuff, all my radio stuff, all my writing stuff, 12 books, you know, many, many years. I want everything I've ever said to be in an AI so that, frankly, I can bother you the whole rest of your life, even if you live longer than me. No, not that's that's the silly part. But the idea is that it would be such a coherent way of looking at a person's writings or a point a person's media career or whatever it is that you do you might do research you might do something you might cook you know whatever it is that you do it'd be wonderful to have all of that accessible somewhere and I'm I don't think it's going to happen I don't think I'm big enough to get my own AI but it's something to think about and in that regard University of Pennsylvania is letting us talk about trying to understand this the AI the chat GPT particularly um, they're working on the sophistication angle and how do you tell the difference, whether it's real real text or fake text. Well, the question is the source, obviously. If it's words on a page, it's going to be words on a page. But if it's written by a person in that real time or in some other time, or if it has been generated by a machine. There are apprehensions about all of this, but we want to understand that the next step of all of this is what they're doing at the University of Pennsylvania to get you and me, that is to say, us tech users, to mitigate the risks. They have demonstrated, as I have said to you many times here already about this, that people can quickly determine, if you just if you give them a map, people, human beings, can determine the difference between text that has been generated by a machine and text that has been generated by a human. Now, everybody says, well, that machine stuff makes mistakes. Yeah, it does. So do people. That's another reason why you have to be real, real careful with it. We have shown that people can, in fact, train themselves to recognize the machine-generated text, says the researcher. But we can absolutely find those, those phrases those in the same way that a song may have a reference, may have a riff, but if it goes in and actually lifts something from another song that's different, same thing is true of words. And then we're going to get very good at this very quickly. Uh, I, I wish that I had a way to teach it, because I could make a lot of money, I'm sure, <laughs> teaching people how to do this. We're, what we're doing in all of this, of course, is training our brains. We, the question of do we teach, do we, should we still be teaching children to write in cursive, for example, is a question because so much more of life is spent typing now. Well, I think every child needs a secret language. <laughs> and since not that many people know cursive, it may be that writing in cursive, you may not have to learn Klingon. You may just need to learn how to write cursive. And that will make your notes different and stand out and also not be read by people that don't. But 
how do we train our brains to do all of this? We're back to neurons again. Um, the Netherlands Institute for Neuroscience is showing us that, yeah, that, that startling thing, that surprising thing, or just that big difference in a thing can, in fact, automatically grab our attention. But the trained brain, which we all hope we have to a certain extent, rapidly suppresses such things. When I read this sort of information, I read this study the other day, and when I was thinking about it was, that's how come when something flashes by as you're driving, you don't automatically turn your head away from what you're doing. You, your, your brain tells you that's a distraction. Let it go. You may have to turn around if it turns out that it's your child's shoe. You may have to turn around and go back and get it. I understand all that. Been there, done that. But you still don't want to be distracted from driving in order to have that happen. Um, neurons in area of the in an area of the visual cortex, that part where we vi- process vision, is really quick. Im- immediately upon being captured by the eyes, it shows consistently enhanced responses to those stimuli. And that is what gives us the benefit of being able to suppress the visual distraction. Part of what we see oftentimes when someone tries to remember something that they saw, we understand that there's a lot of trouble with eyewitness um, testimony because of this. But you may not have seen what you thought you saw, or what you remember may not be exactly what you did see. But if you can get into a state where you're able to actually go back and relive the event, you may find that those things are more clear, more consistent, or less. In other words, it gives you a place to judge from. And both of those things go directly to figuring out how to get your brain to suppress a distraction. It's really interesting work. I'm glad somebody's doing it. One of the things that they um, tested this was that they did video games that involved looking for a unique shape and eventually um, the, the, at the same time one that was uniquely colored was there to distract the folks so it's really interesting stuff I like that I don't know if you have started considering your your house plants the ones that usually stay outside in the summertime this would be a great week to consider this would be a great week to go through all of the plants in the house groom them as needed See if you're going to have to repot. You may not be ready to repot, but you need to have some kind of idea of what's going to have to get repotted because that is a separate activity. can take a little bit of time and does require a minute or two, let's just say about a week, of less than full tilt sun, for example, if you have some plants that can tolerate that outside or or the, the half a day that's going to be likely under a porch, you don't really want that to be the first thing that those plants experience. So move those houseplants to a sunny window. Do a little surveying to make sure that you're going to find out whether or not they need to be repotted. Obviously, if you have any pests, this will be the time to deal with them. And Try to give them a little bit of a transition to making that move outside. You may even, in some cases, you may want to gather them all together and do a little bit of humidity because you're going to find they're in much more humid conditions outside. Things like ferns will appreciate that. Some other things may or may not appreciate that. I would also like to tell you that if you have been enjoying the company of a tropical hibiscus in your house, 
this is going to be the time to cut it back a little bit. It's no doubt lost some leaves. If it's blooming at all, it's kind of sparse. And generally, this is the time when we say we want to take back maybe a quarter of that plant. Cut those, cut the branches and perhaps thin them out if it seems like it's too thick in the middle because you do want some light to come in to encourage more flowers. But this is a great time to root some of that. So that's a, another piece of the puzzle that you can do while you're waiting for conditions outside to be a little bit more conducive to what it was you wanted to do this week. I know, I know, you wanted you wanted spring break last week to be perfect, and you really, really, really wanted to come right back and start gardening in the spring section. We're not there yet. We're just not there. There are a lot of flowers, though, that you should consider coming ahead of the the really summer ones we don't we don't need to try to plant the zinnias yet i know some of you are but you don't need to you don't need to be planting the sunflowers yet right now you can be planting things like monkey flower um you can be planting calceolaria you can be planting some of the more common ones perhaps candy tuft is, has made a big comeback lobelia um twin spur which is of course the 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 Diasha, third relative of Snapdragon and Nemesia. Those are all things that grow at this same time. They're going to burn up in the summer. You may, you may get, like I've had the Snapdragon that bloomed for so long, I think it finally did die in December. But I'm looking. I'm still watching it because it might sprout up again. I haven't cut it, cut it down, but I haven't pulled it out. But those are things that are very unusual. Most of the time we find that these cooler weather flowers need to be enjoyed in March, April, and May. And then if you're going to move the container into some shade, that's fine. It won't probably bloom, but you might be able to keep it alive till it can come back on some cooler temperatures later on. Same way you would do a geranium. But oftentimes we just appreciate things like petunias and the really what I'm I'm going to go ahead and call it Nemesia because it's that's the name you'll see on the label most of the time but it is known as twin spur because of the two little bits of pieces of the flower that hang down as opposed to the rest of the flower so that's when a plant that you need to know the name of because it's so pretty they're going to bloom again and again if you deadhead them but the, the hot weather is going to be harder on them than it will be on the things that you plant next yes there are heat loving petunias i get that they're still not as heat loving as melampodium or as zinnias or as sunflowers just not going to be there <laughs> not going to work i have a friend who has taken up the mediterranean diet in a big way spent some time with her um, listening about the information that she and her doctor have worked out to help her not only maintain a healthier lifestyle but particularly healthier brain function the american academy of neurology is now letting us know that indeed they are finding a correlation between rich green leafy vegetables other vegetables fruits whole grains olive oil beans nuts and fish are not only tasty and yummy but they are seeing in the as the results of their research over time studying about 580 people average age of 84 years old um, they they study these folks they study them all the way through and beyond their lifespan and what they have found is that there are fewer plaques and other associated alzheimer's issues in the brains of these people who had this diet for 20 years now you may or may not 
you may or may not be able to do any one thing for 20 years. But on the other hand, your food habits don't change that much. So if you, if you, if you change them today, you may find, for example, you like olive oil. So why not? Okay? Think about it. She likes it because it not only is healthier, but she says she feels um, fuller when she eats a balance of leafy vegetables and fish and stuff particularly. I think that's true. I think too often when we get hungry and, and drive ourselves into the what I call the sugar ditch, that's no offense to the sugar because I love it, but it's too much sugar and not enough of everything else, I believe that we are hungry. I think we have pushed ourselves into that direction. It's just something to think about. I, do, I can send you some studies that will back that up if you want me to. <laughs> No, Ed, I don't think so. Ed's in New Hope today. He's hoping for a shallower pool to dive into. Corinne says that her five-foot fig tree has not leafed out on the branches, although the scratch test shows green underneath. There's a three-foot, three-inch shoot with several leaves, three-foot shoot with several leaves coming up from the base. Any ideas? Yeah, leave it alone for right now. Um, I've told you about my one fig that... Did not actually fall over, but it, but the result of it of it leaning is that it's now only coming up over on that end. So it looks as if it's been leaned over. I'm not going to prune it now. I'm going to wait and see what happens. But the other one that I pruned hard because I was just sure that it was going to die finally, it now has more leaves on it than it's had in six years. But it didn't until this last week. So I think that the figs, she's in zone eight where I am. I think the figs are trying to leaf out but they're a little smarter than they look and they're not going to get themselves frozen we hope so but that's a that's important it's a good thing to note um i don't i really don't know if i'm going to make figs or not but i'm going to try but we'll put it that way i'm leaving them there until i have to go yank them out i still don't have a uh I'm still looking for somebody with a small bulldozer, you know, a front-end loader kind of thing. We may go out there and knock all of them over at some point, but not this week. Not this week. Speaking of the Mediterranean diet and feeling better and looking better and being healthier, antioxidant benefits in a natural byproduct of olive oil production. You know, when when you produce something and you press those olives and you get the oil and whatnot, what else do you have? Well, in this case, natural olive fruit water for recreationally active people. Whew. There's a whole lot in that. Um, it, it is, in fact, the polyphenols are there that have antioxidants. The commercially available olive fruit water product has a number of phenolic compounds that people are looking for. But when they're talking about people that are Racing, people that are running, people that are doing heavy-duty exercise on a regular basis. Tell me, are you all using olive oil, olive water? Is that a thing? Hmm, you're going to have to let me know, because I don't know anybody that's doing that, and I wonder what it tastes like. Anyway, let's let Ringo take us away from here, because we've got just a little more time to go. Get in touch now. This is Weekend Gardening.
Medical Center, First South Farm Credit, JumpstartTestPrep.com, and Toyota of Brookhaven. Welcome Morgan Wallen Live. Y'all whiskey glasses, y'all sing it with me. Sunday night, April 23rd at Vaught Hemingway Stadium at Old Miss. For a sold out show. We got free tickets to win. And not just any free tickets. We're talking VIP tickets to watch this once-in-a-lifetime concert in the Super Talk Suite at the stadium. We've got them, and we're giving them away. It's Morgan Wallen with special guest Mississippi's own Hardy. Keep listening for more details on how you can win VIP suite seats from Morgan Wallen, live at Old Miss. Fun way to win from Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi, King's Daughters Medical Center, First South Farm Credit, JumpstartTestPrep.com, and Toyota of Brookhaven. Welcome Morgan Wallen Live. Y'all whiskey glasses, y'all sing it with me. Sunday night, April 23rd at Vaught Hemingway Stadium at Old Miss. For a sold out show. got free tickets to win. And not just any free tickets. We're talking VIP tickets to watch this once-in-a-lifetime concert in the Super Talk Suite at the stadium. We've got them, and we're giving them away. It's Morgan Wallen with special guest Mississippi's own Hardy. Keep listening for more details on how you can win VIP suite seats from Morgan Wallen, live at Old Miss. Another fun way to win from Super Talk Mississippi. You can register to win tickets by going to Got Gear Motorsports on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. That's Got Gear Motorsports in Ridgeland. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor-indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. Having any electrical problems? LaValley Electrical Services. We install new switches, breakers, relays, and Kohler generators. LaValley Electrical Services. We handle new lighting fixtures, ceiling fans, electrical outlets, and LED lights. LaValley Electrical Services. 601-228-9969. 601-228-9969. That's 601-228-9969. Or online at lavalleyservices.com. That's lavalleyservices.com. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. 
to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. Mr. Stark is getting a lot of attention from us today. Our computer has a mind of its own. We appreciate it. <laughs> oh, Larry asks a good question. He's in Jackson. Is our planting zone going to change with the new odd weather? Well, first I'm going to say that weather is generally odd. If you if you try to find the the averages, the means, the medians, it, it, everything else is odd because we're actually shooting for that average experience the day that the days that are within a certain realm as opposed to the ones that are out of it make more impact on the growing zone than the individual anomalous anomalous days do now that being said it's the gathering up of all of the data so if it turns out that over the 10 years or i think it's 12 now since they did the last one it, it, over that period of time we end up with averages that push us further into greater warmth more days than than not then yeah they'll change because what they're based on is the hardiness zone or the days the dates of the last and first freezes in an area now what does that mean well we we, they measure everything from the frost date to the freeze date and there's also a certain level of understanding about the the differences in the duration of those things but because of those those measurements all go together to figure out the growing zone. I'm going to say we'll probably go up another half a zone, but I don't know. Haven't seen all the data. But it is interesting to contemplate because, you know, when we do that, we have to talk then about which seeds can sprout when, which conditions are not going to be more different. I believe that what we're actually looking at in our part of the world here in the southeast of the United States is a change in the way we grow. In other words, I think that we're because we have so many more severe storms, we're going to see more and more people, whether they're commercial or whether they're home gardeners, growing inside of structures, inside of hoops or screenhouses or something that can be a little bit more protected. I think that's really important. But it, that that's all just speculation because we don't know. <laughs> Um, let's see. A neighbor gave them to me. The The bulbs are supposed to have white blooms. They come up every year, but no blooms, and the frost then nips their foliage every year. I don't know what the bulbs are. I couldn't possibly tell you without seeing either the bulb itself or some of the flowers from it. But I can tell you that where they are is really, really not excellent. I can tell that the soil does not drain well, and it probably is a little hard for them to grow through all of that so i would consider when they die back halfway dig up some of them not all of them but dig up some of them and move them to a more a more successful location somewhere that has somewhere that you already are growing something else that does well Um, more sun perhaps better drainage in the soil someplace that's going to get watered a few times They, they just look spindly and i suspect that that's because they have a hard time growing there Okay, give them, give them, a, give at least half of them a better shot, and I think you'll find more success next year. I have not been uh, diving too deeply into the world of, I guess I don't even, I guess it's the the, the ancient records, the the most, the farthest back records. This one is, uh, we already talked about ten thousand years BC today, but this is an this is so interesting to me. 
the the Yamnayans are a culture that has been studied to a certain extent, but they're really getting much more to know about them. They they are from the Caspian steppes, the the area around the Caspian Sea, originally. But as they migrated in search of better places to live, they found their ways into Romania and Bulgaria and then finally around and up to Hungary and even to, to, to what is now Serbia. So what they're looking at are the burial mounds there. And my goodness, what they have discovered is just incredible. These are Kurgans. Every civilization has something, either a, a midden, a burial mound, something where we can find out how they lived and what they did and what they valued in many cases, because, of course, we can study what they left behind. In this particular case, the the Yamnayans were mobile cattle and sheep herders. We knew that. But now we know that they rode horses. What? Yep, that's right. Didn't think that was that long ago that human beings began to ride them. This is 3,000 years ago. It was already common in their culture. Um, we know this because of what they found in the burial sites. And it's, it changes a lot of the pieces because horseback riding, of course, is a pivotal moment in human history when we made friends enough with the horses that they would let us ride them, because let's face it, they don't have to let us ride them. Um, when, when, when we were able to domesticate them to that extent, then the distance one could travel in a day quintupled easily. The amount of things one could carry with one when one went somewhere quintupled immediately. All of the changes that go with a form of transportation that isn't your feet <laughs> changed immediately. That's a pretty big deal. I love this, though. This is all west of the Black Sea, of course. And the idea of this, um, the whole thing was explained in other ways over time. Now it probably turns out that the folks were just actually riding horses, and that's how they got there. I love that. So interesting. So interesting. If you are like me um, and like Larry, I think, and want to know what's going to happen with the weather and how things are going to change in the growing zones, uh, you may want to know this. Penn State says that there are tens of thousands of thunderstorms that rumble around the earth every day, but accurately predicting their time and location still remains who knows. Computer weather modeling is great to a point, but who knows? So what we're having to do is get our minds wrapped around the idea that we're going to have to scrub the satellite data. There's more data coming to us than we can possibly process. And they believe that, you, because they've done little segments of this, using satellite observations um, actually can help better to define it, but it has to be looked at differently, just like anything else. In the monthly weather review, which... Good heavens, I'm glad I don't have to read that every month. Um, they're, they're getting better at predicting, and you know that in your own time frame in, in this world, but getting better and better and better is going to mean doing a little bit of difference in the observation combination. For example, everything, the, the, the satellite radar interaction is what they're focused on now, and using them together, using the underused data at the points where they can converge is going to give us better predictions according to this particular study. I do hope that that's right. Another map I'm interested in, and you probably are too, 
how come, how come, how come we get bit by mosquitoes? How come mosquitoes bring so many problems to us? And how, well, because they like us. It's a problem. Here's the deal. We have tried, and I, you probably have too. Uh, I say that the summertime we, we smell like sunscreen and insect repellent in around this part of the world. And that's probably true. We may need to change the way those things smell, however. The mosquito cells that help them choose us are actually more interested in the welcoming odors in our skin than anything else. You may have thought this was true, but to be able to actually see this, you know, 700,000 plus people are killed by mosquito-borne insects in, in diseases every year. So in order to find us, they do use an awful lot of different senses. Pretty interesting stuff, i got to tell you. I, I hope, I don't believe it, but I hope a little cold weather will slow them down. What do you think? Can we find any more good news about this cold weather that's hitting us right now? Of course we can. It's time for chicken pot pie. All right, y'all, get busy and come back next week for more weekend gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. of Mississippi. It's time you get the benefits you deserve. If you're eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid, there's a local health plan just for you. Shared Health Dual Plus, a dual eligible special needs plan with more benefits like a $2,500 yearly allowance for over-the-counter items and groceries, a $600 yearly allowance for utility bills, a $5,000 yearly allowance for dental care, and shared rewards. All accessed on one easy-to-use card. Plus more Call 855-413-8769, TTY 711, or visit SharedHealthMS.com. Paid Active Portrayal. Shared Health Dual Plus is an HMOD SNP plan with a Medicare contract and a contract with the Mississippi Division of Medicaid. Enrollment in Shared Health Dual Plus depends on contract renewal. Shared Health Mississippi, Inc. does not discriminate on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, age, or disability in its health programs and activities. Benefit limits and exclusions may apply. Check the plan's evidence of coverage or details or give us a call. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.